0: It's Wednesday, November the 11th, and this is your morning briefing from the Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up: protesters storm Armenia's parliament, and the EU questions Amazon's practices. First, the world in brief. Hundreds of protesters gathered in Armenia's capital Yerevan to demand the resignation of the Prime Minister, Nikol Pashinyan, who signed a Russian-brokered deal to end a war with Azerbaijan over the disputed region of Nagorno-Karabakh yesterday. A number of them stormed the parliament building. Some made speeches in the main chamber, others destroyed office equipment. Joe Biden, America's president-elect, called President Donald Trump's refusal to concede the presidential election an embarrassment but there was little sign that Republicans have exhausted their spoiling tactics. Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, said there would be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. If he was being puckish, it seems not to have registered with Mr Trump, who just sacked several top Pentagon officials and promoted loyalists in their stead, one of whom has professed that Barack Obama was a terrorist. Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president, became the latest leader to congratulate Joe Biden on his victory in the American election. Mr. Biden has been a frequent critic of Mr. Erdogan, whom he has called an autocrat. Less surprisingly, the President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, also congratulated the President-elect and called for a new transatlantic agenda. EU antitrust regulators charged Amazon with distorting competition in its online marketplace. The retail giant is said to have used data from independent sellers on its website to benefit its own business. The European Commission also launched an investigation into preferential treatment of Amazon's own products and those that use its services on its website. Amazon has denied any wrongdoing. A Vatican report said that leaders of the Catholic Church, including Pope John Paul II, allowed a former cardinal to rise through the ranks despite allegations of sexual misconduct. Theodore McCarrick, the Archbishop of Washington, D.C., was one of the most prominent churchmen in America, He was defrocked last year after an investigation found him guilty of sexual crimes. Narendra Modi's coalition retained power in the big Indian state of Bihar. Although a rival Bihari party won a plurality, Mr Modi's own party gathered enough seats to govern when supplemented by those of its local partner, thanks mainly to a weak showing by the national opposition. The Prime Minister's appeal endures despite the rampant coronavirus and a ruined economy and Saib Erakot, Secretary-General of the Palestine Liberation Organisation, died of COVID-19. Mr Arafat was one of the negotiators of the Oslo Accords, a 1993 agreement with Israel that gave Palestinians on the Gaza Strip and West Bank a limited degree of self-governance for the first time since 1967. Mahmoud Abbas, Palestine's President, called for three days of national mourning. And now, here's today's Agenda. Landing Zone Transatlantic Tariffs After more than 15 years of litigation, a bitter dispute is winding down. The EU and America have accused each other of unfairly subsidizing their aircraft industries and both have won their claims at the World Trade Organization. American tariffs on goods from the EU have been in place since October 2019, On November 10th, the EU applied duties on $4 billion of imported American products, including a levy of 15% on imported planes. But there are signs of a ceasefire. The EU's tariffs were carefully calibrated to match the American ones. And despite previous American threats to escalate the dispute, a statement from Washington on November 9th suggested that the two sides were negotiating. Expect a few more barbs. The Americans are suggesting that Airbus, the European champion, should repay some subsidies but both sides realise that, with the strain put on aircraft makers by COVID-19, peace makes more sense than war. A disastrous election. Belize. Dean Barrow, the first black Prime Minister of Belize and holder of that office for more than 12 years, steps down after today's election. If his United Democratic Party wins, Patrick Fobber, the Education Minister, will take over. Otherwise, it will be John Brasenio, the leader of the opposition. The victor's first priority will be mopping up the floodwaters from Tropical Storm Eta, which crashed through Belize six days ago, dumping 56 centimeters of rain in some districts. Then, he will have to turn to the country's other maladies. Belize's population of just under 400,000 now has more than five times as many COVID-19 cases per million people as neighbouring Mexico and Guatemala. The economy, already weighed down by public debt that has been restructured three times since 2006, has been made worse by a six-month tourism lockdown. Even if there were cause to celebrate, no one would be partying tonight. There's an election night curfew and a ban on the sale of booze. Can't Buy Me Love Singles Day Today is China's unofficial but lucrative shopping holiday. On Singles Day, 11-11, Alibaba and other Chinese retail giants offer discounts to celebrate singledom, ranking in sales that dwarf those of Prime Day, one of Amazon's biggest shopping bonanzas. This year, Alibaba kicked off early with a Singles Day pre-sale last month. Expect records to be broken. Chinese shoppers will probably spend more than $40 billion on Alibaba alone. American retailers whose home economy is still in recovery from the COVID-19 slump are trying to get on Chinese consumers' dance cards. Nike is even dropping a singles day version of its signature shoe, the Air Jordan. Thanks to tensions between the two countries, however, American retailers may not be as popular as they would hope. A survey by Alex Partners, a consulting firm, revealed that two-thirds of Chinese consumers plan to prioritize domestic brands this singles day and more than half will reduce spending on American goods. Furry Fury Denmark's Mink Problem Covid-19 infections first turned up on three mink farms in Denmark's province of North Jutland in June. But researchers had known for months that the beasts farmed for their fur could spread the virus to humans. At first, authorities ordered culls on infected farms, but they rode back in July merely introducing stricter hygiene rules. They later started culling again, but by November 6th some 216 farms were infected. Worse, the virus had mutated. Denmark's Infection Control Authority has found that some of the mutations could make COVID-19 vaccines in development ineffective against the mutant strains. Last week, the government ordered all of the country's 15 million mink killed, but on Monday it admitted it had no legal power to do so and will need a new law. The Conservative opposition has vowed to block that unless farmers get full compensation for their farms. Denmark's dawdling may prove costly indeed. Debulcanisation. A new common market. A new era of Balkan cooperation begins today. Also, hopes the leaders of the six non EU Balkan countries that signed up to a common regional market at a summit in Sofia yesterday. Since none of the six will join the EU soon, they have decided to create their own EU style single market. The idea is that when ascension comes, they will already have adopted the bigger bloc standards and created a unified market of 18 million people, rather than six small ones. The Regional Cooperation Council in Sarajevo, to which they all belong, will oversee the work. The hard part will be setting aside regional point scoring and turning words into deeds. The summit was almost overshadowed by a Bulgarian threat to block North Macedonia's path to joining the EU. Germany's Chancellor, Angela Merkel, stepped in via video link to Chide. You have to get along with each other. Don't forget this. Very important. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Abigail Adams, who was born on November 22nd, 1744. We have too many high-sounding words and too few actions that correspond with them. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And we'd like to hear from you. Please tell us what you think of The Economist Morning Briefing by answering a short survey at economist.com forward slash morningbriefingsurvey.